Membership fees apply after free trial. Cancel any time. Real fitness isn't just how you look. It's how you feel. If you want to get stronger and healthier, and most importantly, feel good, then make yourself your number one priority. Make yourself job one. I'm Jennifer Jacobs with Beachbody, and my job one program isn't like anything else you've tried. Job One is easy, effective, and for everyone. 20 minutes a day, five days a week, allowing you to put yourself first so you can be your best for others. Just go to Beachbody.com and you can try Job One today for free. Today's episode is sponsored by Barajas Insurance Group, also known as Big. They understand making healthcare choices is a big decision. Eliminate stress and confusion by calling Barajas Insurance Group's licensed agents today at 1-888-347-2278 or go online to BarajasInsuranceGroup.com. Go big and let them help you find the plan that best fits your needs. Welcome to the Proactive Caregiving Podcast. As a CPA with over 20 years as an industry accountant, Jessica stepped away from the corporate world to become a full-time caregiver for her mother. Having learned invaluable lessons along the way, she is now here to share those with you and to invite you to join her on this caregiver's journey. Here is your host, Jessica Cannon. Hello, everybody. I am the proactive caregiver, and I specialize in educating others on how to be proactive by empowering you, the caregiver, because if you cannot take care of yourself, you cannot take care of your loved one. So today I wanna talk about another area that caregivers, part of taking care of yourself is helping your loved one. Part of taking care of your loved one is understanding their health insurance and all of the options or as many of the options as possible that are available to them. So I checked in with Brahas Insurance Group so that we could pick apart a few of the Medicare details. But once I was done, it kind of brought to mind a few more questions concerning the Affordable Care Act. So today I brought back licensed agent and co-owner of Brahas Insurance, which is Joe Brahas, to once again talk about how Medicare is connected or things we should know in connection with the Affordable Care Act. Thanks for rejoining, Joe. Thank you for having me. Appreciate it. Definitely, because this is, as we've said before, this is a large topic to try and dive into and understand. So I want to pick apart a few pieces that uh, seem to be the questions that come up the most, which one of the first one is understanding what the Affordable Care Act is. Can you give us a little bit of information as to what it is? Absolutely. Okay, so uh, a lot of people will approach me about the Affordable Care Act, uh, and they'll throw in the nickname Obamacare, thinking that that is the name of the insurance when that's not actually the case. Affordable Care Act is the law that was put into place that discusses not being able to uh, underwrite someone um, because they have diabetes or heart failure or deny them any care even. That's what the Affordable Care Act says. It also goes into uh, things like providing help for 
premiums whenever you get your insurance. So that's what the Affordable Care Act law says, but it is not actually insurance. And even when you hear the nickname Obamacare, they're alluding to the Affordable Care Act, but there is no insurance that's called Obamacare or called Affordable Care Act. You would actually be going on to either the health marketplace or healthcare.gov or healthsherpa.com in either scenario, you would go onto those platforms or you would work with a licensed agent like myself who would help you then pick an insurance plan through United Healthcare or Oscar or Aetna. I mean, the list will go on. I could list them all, but it's just an actual insurance plan through the insurance companies. And these insurance companies are abiding by the rules set forth by the Affordable Care Act. That makes so much more sense because I was thinking the same when I was the word Obamacare would come up. I thought that was the actual insurance. But thank you for clarifying that because this is very confusing and I'm hoping to shed a little bit more light on this. So as someone is looking for their insurance, can a person actually purchase a marketplace plan in addition to Medicare? Well, we agents should never, ever put somebody on a marketplace plan whenever they have Medicare. And if they have a marketplace plan and we realize that they're turning 65 or if they've been disabled and they're about to get Medicare, in either scenario, when we recognize somebody that has the marketplace plan already Mm -hmm. and is about to get Medicare, we are supposed to explain to them that they cannot have both. They have to go on to the Medicare. And the reason being is typically when somebody's on the marketplace plan, you know, again, it doesn't matter which insurance company, if they're receiving premium tax credits from the federal government to help pay for the monthly premium for the insurance, mm-hmm. then they're going to lose that when they get their Medicare Part A and Part B as well. But the, the point is, once it starts, once they get their Part A, um, and by losing it, they could go from a premium that's nothing, 50 bucks, $100 a month, something that's manageable in cost for them, which is why it's supposed to be called affordable, to something that's full price like five, six, $700, which is so significantly more than what Medicare would cost anyways. Medicare Part B only costs in 2022 $170.10. So that is why uh, we are not supposed to put somebody who gets Medicare or have them stay on the marketplace when they get Medicare. So no, they can't have them both. Okay. So if they are, if they already have insurance and they're trying to end their insurance and go to a Medicare plan, Is there any kind of penalty for that to take place? Not for the marketplace, no. Uh, There would be if there was some lapse in uh, federal government premium tax credit that's paid out while they're collecting these uh, premium tax credits. So the penalty would be to try to pay that back. Most people will understand, hey, if I'm receiving federal government money, and I'm going to go ahead and get a Medicare plan or Medicare Part A and Part B and then select another plan, a Medicare supplement or Medicare Advantage. Well, most people understand I better notify the federal government I'm going to get off this plan so I don't have to pay this premium back. But generally speaking, there's no specific penalty that says because you stayed on this plan and now you have Medicare, we're going to penalize you. So the only penalty that comes, again, is if you're receiving that premium tax uh, credit or if you delay your Medicare without having an employer plan, the marketplace does not allow you to It is considered credible insurance coverage, like the definition shows for the late enrollment penalty uh, for Medicare, but it's not it's not considered credible when, when you turn 65 and you're supposed to get your Medicare Part A. The way the federal government looks at it is you get off marketplace, uh, a marketplace plan, and you join Medicare Part A and Part B. Hmm. Hopefully that answers the question. 
It does. And so that was that question. The next one following that one, if a, if you have a marketplace insurance plan through work, then can you actually keep your Medicare coverage? Yeah, I get that question too. Um, so it's a little confusing on that. If you have an employer plan that is independent of the marketplace and then you get Medicare, you do get the option to have Medicare act as a uh, help your, your insurance through the group plan, but it has to be a group insurance offered by the employer. If there is the employer offering some kind of cash uh, payment for your monthly insurance premiums, but it's an actual marketplace plan, well then yes, when you turn 65 or whenever you get the Medicare, you're going to have to get off that particular plan and get on the Medicare because you cannot have them both like you could had you had uh, an employer group health insurance, independent of the marketplace. So I guess the, uh, the curious part of that is what happens to a family that maybe their spouse or the, I hate to use this term, the breadwinner of the family has the insurance and they're stepping, they're the ones that are becoming of age for and being eligible for Medicare, but yet they're not quite ready to step away from their job. They're not retiring just yet. And so if they get on to Medicare, but yet their dependents are still in the need for insurance, what happens in situations like that? Unfortunately, there is a bit of a gray area where there is uh, sometimes a lapse in, in coverage and sometimes they can't qualify for either the employer's financial help or the government's, federal government's premium tax credit help. And so the the spouse, the male or female, doesn't matter, and the children are kind of left having to pay full price for the insurance, whereas before when the, when the whole family was on it, they were getting some kind of premium tax credit or help from the employer, right? Mm -hmm. So in this scenario that you just described, if they, well, for lack of a better term, we'll just say if a husband stops working or continues working, it doesn't matter. The point is they get Medicare, well, then the family has to go and get their own marketplace plan. The good news is the way the federal government looks at it is they say, okay, here is the whole income, right, for a family of four. And then they look at the person that got the Medicare and they still go ahead and allow the division of income to be instead of four, they divide it by three, which then still allows them to go and get some uh, premium tax credits to help pay for the insurance. Now, they will not get any of the help from the employer if the employer is offering a few hundred dollars a month, right, because now this person that's employed is getting Medicare. So they'll lose that income, that not income, but that help toward paying the premium. Uh, but at the very least, the government takes into account that this person has left to go to Medicare. There's still a family to cover. Mm -hmm. So let's use that income divided by, uh, I said three earlier, my apologies. They still get a chance to divide it by four to lower the income so that it shows that they can still get a premium tax credit. So good. that's how that works. That's a relief. So then as they progress, let's say, let's fast forward a little bit. And this family is now needing not just Medicare, but now they're looking towards possibly Medicaid because their health or needs have gone in this direction. Does the Affordable Care Act actually apply to these Medicaid benefits as well? Okay, so to kind of, the quick answer is no. Uh, but let me peel, that, peel back that question a little bit. So when you go on to healthcare.gov or an agent like myself would 
use Health Sherpa. I can use healthcare.gov, but either way, I, I like to use Health Sherpa. I can then input the information for a family or a person that's getting on this plan uh, that may have a, a you know dependence. And then I can put the income, I can put the age, and then the federal government looks at the situation and says, actually, these dependents should be on Medicaid. Or if they're young enough, they might even be able to get children's health insurance plans, which is called CHIP, um, which then alleviates them from getting on the marketplace plan, right? Uh, but then it's just the individual. The individual person themselves would get the marketplace plan while maybe the children themselves get on some form of Medicaid or CHIP. Again, CHIP is children's health insurance plan. So that's how that would work in that scenario. But you cannot have marketplace and a Medicaid plan together. They're independent of each other, and your application sometimes will go ahead and figure out whether someone in your household uh, can apply for Medicaid or not, and it'll tell you that. That's a good relief. Well, this is this information, understanding the difference between the Affordable Care Act being law versus Medicare and the different, the various different selection options for Medicare, it just becomes so much. And now I understand yeah. why it's really important in these open enrollment period times to actually look at what we have, what we either were able to use or we weren't able to use in a previous year and make the right choices for the next coming year. That is correct. So how does the Affordable Care Act, um, is the open enrollment period for them, does it overlap with the Medicare open enrollment or is this something entirely separate? No, it, it does. It does overlap. So um, the Medicare open enrollment period starts on October 15th and it expires on December 7th. The Affordable Care Act period starts November 1st and it expires January 15th. So there is an overlap uh, between the two. A couple of things I did want to add, if you don't mind, Jess, but the, the thing about the Affordable Care Act that I, another question I get from a lot of people is that, um, again, the confusion between Affordable Care Act mm -hmm. and Obamacare, these are just two terms people use, but it's not the actual insurance. You pick an insurance company. Mm -hmm. And then the other thing I, I, I think a lot of people get confused is that if you qualify for a government subsidy, it is up to you whether you want to use it. You're not forced to use it. Okay. Mm. I always recommend that people get with their CPA or get with an accountant to uh, figure out how it's going to impact their taxes at the end of the year because they could be receiving some subsidy to pay for the premium. Could be in full, could be half. It doesn't, it's up to each individual financial situation. But what I want to clarify is that the insurance, if you pick, we'll pick a company, we'll say United Healthcare. Mm -hmm. If you see a plan that says United Healthcare, bronze, yada, 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 the reality is it's just one plan. Mm -hmm. But are you getting government help to pay for that premium or is it just you paying 100%? But in either scenario, it's the same plan. It's not mm -hmm. a different, it's not different access to doctors or there's not gotcha. a different quality of care, which is where I think people that in their mind are like, well, if I, if I go ahead and take the premium tax credit, then my quality of care is going to go down, right? Because I'm going to have less access to doctors or quality doctors. And the reality is it's the same plan. It's the same network. It's just, are you taking the government subsidy or not? I just wanted to clarify that. <laughs> Thank you, because that is yet another one of those misconceptions that I've had before um, that going for a subsidized plan would mean I would receive less coverage. And so with right. you saying that, it really helps me 
look at the plans differently. That if, for example, if my mother qualified for something that was government subsidies, uh, subsidized, then I absolutely want to look at that because that doesn't necessarily mean she's getting financial assistance from it, but it doesn't necessarily mean she's getting less coverage. That's correct. Yeah. And the ones I picked on the bronze, but it's really the silver section that, that you can look across the board and mm-hmm. see the similar deductibles, the similar coverage, all of that. But the silver is going to be the one um, where you're going to be looking at getting the government help or not, if you even qualify for it, because not everybody qualifies for premium tax credits because it is based on income. It has been raised uh, as of March 2020. They did raise it, uh, the level of income you can have as a family and an, and an individual, but that doesn't mean everybody's going to qualify for it. And that's why you want to get with a local licensed agent to help you navigate through that. Right. Well, I certainly appreciate it because when this time of year rolls around, and I know it's the changes that are coming and knowing what mom's care has been and what it may be in the next year, these questions and the concerns are stressful. This relieves my stress knowing that I don't have to know all the answers. I just have to pick up the phone and contact you and, or Monique in that case. Well, thank you for that. <laughs> <laughs> because that. I know I you it. know the information and I can tell you this is what we've experienced during the year this is what I expect, or there's the potential for this. Is there a difference in plan based off of what we have that would actually save her money? And maybe not even necessarily be a money saving, but would actually provide the coverage that she needs going forward. Yeah. And, and also too, because we are talking about Medicare for mom, right. And then the affordable care act for you, you know, it, you can't take care of somebody else until you take care of yourself, right? Exactly. There's a reason that when you're on a plane, they always say when the oxygen mask drops, take care of yourself first before you can help somebody else. Even though the first inclination is my child, my mother, whomever, let's put the mask on them first. But it's one of those situations where if you're not physically able, then how can you really help somebody else? So I appreciate you letting me talk about it because the Affordable Care Act really does help those who are probably taking care of their moms and dad who get the Medicare mm-hmm. plans, but you got to take care of yourself first. Exactly. Because there are so many caregivers who are stepping away from their careers to mm-hmm. care for their loved ones, whether it is a parent or a spouse. And so that dilemma of, I can't leave my job because if I leave my job, it's not only a loss of income, but it's a loss of benefits. Right. I know. And it's a scary situation because your thought, what if you have something wrong with you, right? Diabetes, whatever. It doesn't matter. The point is, if you're leaving it and you're like, I still got to get this tended to, but I also have to tend to this, you're in this conundrum of, do I stay and let something else fall by the wayside? But the the good news is the Affordable Care Act was written to take care of those who really truthfully need it. It's also there to take care of those who are healthy, but you're not supposed to lose the access to care that you would have had through an, an employer group plan. Right. Because I know that in previous years, pregnancy was con- treated as a pre-existing condition. And that's, yep, to me, it seems correct. like it's not fair. But thankfully, those are some of the issues that are addressed with the Affordable Care Act. Correct. So thank you for taking the time to break down some of this information. This topic has always been one that's a I've, I've been afraid to address in a 
go into the details because <laughs> it gets deep really fast. But you have explained it and broken it down into a way that makes sense to me, you know, where I don't feel lost in verbiage. So I appreciate you taking the time. Thank you. And for those who are, that have more questions than what I've asked you today, where can they find you in your office? So my office is located in Southwest Austin, uh, Westgate and William Cannon. The actual address is 2500 West William Cannon Drive, uh, Building 1, Suite 101, Austin, Texas, 78745. The other way to find me is just to go to www.barajasinsurancegroup.com and all the information will be on there. Awesome. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you, ladies and gentlemen, for joining in today to get this brief update on the Affordable Care Act. And I hope this episode has given you a little bit more food for thought. And until next time, be proactive. Take care, everybody. Thank you for joining us today. We really hope you've enjoyed this episode. To learn more about proactive caregiving and to hear other episodes of this podcast, please visit www.jessicalizelcannon.com. This podcast is produced by Canon Light Media, LLC, www.canonlightmedia.com. Music provided by Chris Paradise. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner.